Chapter Sixteen of the Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods by Captain Quincy Allen. Chapter Sixteen. Did Teddy know? Well, wouldn't that jar you? Remarked Bluff as he heard what was contained in the brief communication from the lumberman tried to burn down the camp at lumber run did they burst out jerry well if you ask me my opinion i'd have to admit that i didn't like the looks of a few of those lumberjacks but nobody has accused any of the loggers of the crime remarked frank and at that the head projecting from the opening at the door came a little further into view which was pretty good evidence frank thought that the wounded boy must take considerable interest in the discussion why who else would try to turn on mr darrell that way and burn his shanties down just when winter is setting in asked bluff we can only give a guess at that frank told him whew exclaimed bluff as he grasped the meaning back of those few words after all i wouldn't put it past him frank who what where how demanded will apparently confused and not able to understand what all these strange hints portended we had a specimen of his nasty temper you know continued bluff yes twice now we've heard him tear around like a bull in a china shop oh now i tumble to what you mean cried will who did not often use any sort of slang and must therefore have been unusually excited to fall into the habit it's bill bill nackerson frank nodded his head he's the only party around that we know of who would be mean enough to try to set buildings on fire just to get even with a man he disliked he observed yes and didn't we hear him threaten to do something before long so as to hit back at mr darrell jerry wanted to know as if he had all along been suspicious of the big sportsman that's what we did asserted will to think of him trying to burn lumber run camp and like as not it was when all the men were sound asleep why he might have been the death of some of them whoever started the fire didn't care a hoot whether it hurt or not i think bluff gave as his opinion frank noticed that the head had disappeared from alongside the open door evidently teddy had heard enough he must have limped from his chair to the doorway upon hearing strange voices outside perhaps he had suspected that the others brought news of some startling character frank did not tell all of his chums about what he had seen at the same time it gave him food for much serious thought i wouldn't be at all surprised if teddy knew something about that fire business he mentioned to bluff a short time later when they walked together down to the spot where the mink tracks had been seen as the latter had shown more or less interest in the habits of these little animals do you really think so said the other with a frown he heard strangers talking outside when those two loggers came up frank continued and even dragged himself to the door to listen i saw his head though after a bit when we had talked matters over he went back to the fire again see here frank you don't think teddy could have set that fire i hope demanded bluff uneasily oh no it isn't so bad as that he was assured teddy is telling the truth when he says he ran away from the camp last night after nackerson had knocked him down the big coward muttered bluff clenching his fists and shaking his head as though he would like nothing better than to get in a blow at the bully my opinion as far as i have any is about like this frank continued 
after nackerson struck teddy the boy happened to overhear him boasting about what he meant to do to the camp at lumber run oh i see now what you mean frank when he found that bill was getting in deeper and deeper teddy just made up his mind that it was no place for a decent fellow to stay so he skipped out you've got it about straight bluff frank admitted of course i'm only guessing all this remember don't say a word of it to teddy let him worry over it and perhaps after a bit he'll understand that there's no reason why he should keep a still tongue in his head to shield a rascal who didn't hesitate to strike him a cowardly blow bluff was not slow of comprehension he saw what frank's plan was and while he may not have entirely agreed with such a course there was no disposition to interfere you know best how to work it frank he said simply i'll keep as mum as an oyster till you give me the tip that it's time to speak just as you say teddy couldn't have been the one to put the match to the camp over at lumber run when nackerson had gone away perhaps with one of his pals who agreed to stand back of him that's the time teddy lit out he struck it pretty hard at first getting caught in that trap frank mused but when you come right down to facts i guess it was just as well that it happened to him huh that's a queer thing to say remonstrated bluff getting hung up in an old bear trap a blessing in disguise was it i'd like to know how you figure that out frank this way explained the other if he had missed connections with that trap teddy would have reached the skunk farm only to meet with disappointment sure he would because old joe as he called the fur farmer had pulled up stakes and gone to town for some weeks bluff admitted as teddy didn't know where we hung out and couldn't find his way to lumber run camp you can see that he would have had to choose between going back to nackerson or losing himself in the big woods phew it does take you to see through things bluff declared with a laugh i can understand now that it was a big streak of luck for ted when he met with that bear trap we never know when we're well off do we but show me what you were telling about this mink frank and how the old chap visits around in and out of these holes in the bank during winter and early spring frank was always accommodating especially when anything connected with his knowledge of nature was concerned he loved to watch the small wood folk when they did not suspect his presence and learn more and more of their interesting habits so that day passed another and yet a third found the boys enjoying themselves to the limit teddy was showing decided signs of improvement he could get around fairly well by now jerry having cut him a walking-stick with a crook at the end he was beginning to get over the nervousness that had showed itself for a whole day following his advent in the new camp perhaps the boy had feared that nackerson might come storming along and insist on his returning to his duties as cook he feared the brutal sportsman more than ever now that he had found such a fine harbor of refuge with the outdoor chums to go back to that other drudgery would have been torture as soon as he was able to get around he insisted on taking charge of the cooking and the boys soon learned that teddy could manage splendidly he had to be shown very little so as to suit their tastes and none of them regretted in the least that they had extended a helping hand toward one in distress a new life was opening up to teddy he had never before come in contact with such an agreeable lot of companions and every hour of the day he tried to prove himself grateful still he did not mention a word about what he might possibly know of the dastardly deed when someone attempted to fire the logging camp 
Frank often saw a worried expression come over the boy's face, and at such times he suspected that Teddy was puzzling his brain as to just what his duty might be. He did not like to betray his kinsman, and yet felt that it was not right to refrain from taking someone into his confidence. "'He may speak sooner or later,' Frank told himself. "'And if he does, it will not be the reward of a hundred dollars for information that will make him tell.' On the second day, about noon, some of the boys were busy near the cabin, laying in an extra supply of firewood. Frank had an idea they would be visited by a big snowfall before twenty-four hours had passed. "'Of course that's only a hazard, fellows,' he told Bluff and Jerry, who were helping him add to the handy heap close to the door of the cabin. "'But there does seem to be a feeling of dampness in the air, for all it's so cold, and the sun, you notice, shines through a sort of hazy curtain.' "'I think just the same way you do, Frank,' Jerry remarked. "'And if you asked me to say when, I guess it was going to strike us before night.' "'We've got off pretty fortunately so far about storms,' Bluff went on as he threw another armful of fuel on the already huge pile. "'If it doesn't come down on us,' Frank continued, "'we'll not lack for fresh meat anyway. That was a lucky shot you made yesterday, Bluff.' The buckshot shell did the business, too, for after you fired both barrels, the buck went down with a crash. And to think it happened so near our camp that we managed to tote the whole carcass to the cabin. And Bluff looked with pride in his eyes toward a deer that was hanging in real sportsman's style from a limb head downward. If we don't get another while we're up here in the big woods, said Jerry, suppressing the natural twinge of jealousy he felt, we ought to be satisfied with our bag and Will is just wild over the bully pictures he's accumulating every day and night. "'It does seem as though he had met with nothing but success so far,' Frank admitted. "'I hope he gets that prize the railroads are offering. So far as I can tell, he has a dandy collection already, and we've got some time ahead of us still.' "'By the way, where is Will now?' asked Bluff. "'About half an hour ago he told me he was going off to the place where we discovered that comical colony of squirrels that amused us yesterday.' Frank explained. He hoped by keeping as still as a mouse to get a snap at them while they were carrying on that way. I think myself it would be a fine woods picture, and add to his collection. "'Speaking of angels, and you're most sure to hear their wings,' chuckled Jerry, "'for there's Will coming this way now.' "'And on the run, too,' added Frank. "'He looks excited, fellows. I wonder what he's run across now.' Will was almost out of breath. They could see that his face was red from his exertions, but filled with excitement as well, while his eyes were, as Bluff expressed it, sticking out of his head. "'Oh, what a whopper!' he gasped as he drew near the spot where they stood. "'What's that?' demanded Frank, wondering what was coming now. "'And such tremendous horns, too,' continued Will, involuntarily stretching out both hands until he had them wide apart." "'Horns, Will?' Bluff fired at him. "'Cows have horns. Deer carry antlers.' "'I said horns, didn't I?' asserted the other with determination. "'That's what they were, sticking away up over his head that was like a mule's. But I snapped him before he turned and trotted off.' "'What trotted off?' shrilled Bluff. "'The biggest old bull moose that ever lived in the state of Maine,' Will replied. End of chapter 16